Alright, man. Oh, yeah. That is a party starter and a half, my man. Alright, we made it. Mike, it's Thursday. I hope you're thirsty, my man. Always thirsty for more. <laughs> We're here, baby. We made it. Uh, rocking out a little traveling Woolberries for you there once again. <clears throat> I can't resist. You know what happened is, and I, I had on the docket actually, I was planning on doing an, um, another Tom Petty song from his second solo album, I believe, that Jeff Lynn also produced, and he wrote the song I was going to play. It was probably in our show notes leading up to the gig, but I uh, forewent that because I was kind of perusing the Jeff Lynn catalog there on the Spotify's and it kept hitting into the traveling Wilburys. And then I was like, fuck it, man, I'm going to just, I'm going to rock through the, the album, right? Volume one, traveling Wilbury. Every song is so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, it's a power band, you know, it's, it's the super group of all time, man. And they just, it's each jam is catchy. It's fun. It's tight. It's concise. It tells a story, start to finish. There's lyrics. There's an A, B, and C part. You know, it's like just the way music used to be written. Amazing stuff, man. Yeah. So I went down really the. Journey. want to know how they all got together though and produced the song without somebody in the background being like. DJ Killin, another one. <laughs> you know, was it like Tom Petty in the back? Like, yo, Tom another Petty. One. <laughs> another, 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 another one. <laughs> yes. Over and over and over yes. and over again. <laughs> As a matter of fact, DJ Khaled, you just start getting into remakes. Wow. You just play the Tom Petty song and do another one every once in a while in there. Another one. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot I loaded that one up like a week ago. (laughs) Just kind of popped in my head. I was like, wait, I think I got a little little DJ Khaled in here somewhere. Um, Uh, You know he's going to come up. Great call. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't one guy just sitting there. Like Jeff Lynn, he didn't just produce the album by the traveling Woolberries, but he was a writer on the team. He contributed musically, stylistically. He oh, everybody on the team had to contribute musically. Well, <laughs> what's crazy, too, is as I kind of cruised through the little catalog there on their Volume 1 album, it was very distinct who wrote which song. You're like, oh, here comes Roy Orbison's jam, and like this is <laughs> this is Bob Dylan's song. You know, it's like just... It's there. The styles were so unique that you could just hear it immediately how the song even starts, where it go, like segues to, right? Like the B parts are just very unique to certain artists. And it just was really fun going through it and kind of uh, not having listened to it in a long time, being able to recognize the different, like, oh, this is George Harrison. Of course, it's soft and flaccid and almost sleepy. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> half asleep, but still fun, still catchy. I don't know how he does it. You know, <laughs> soft and flaccid, yeah. Yeah, but um, really good stuff. Yeah. I ended up saving maybe half the album to my guitar tab playlist so I can, you know, sip some coffee, smoke a little sativa, and jam to the guitar over the weekend. So I'm pretty excited. Learning some nice. new tunes, man. Yeah. Love, Sounds like fun. Love learning the new tunes. And lately, especially this year, I've been really big on 
CCR, Tom Petty, you know, just kind of getting into the old school, you know, songwriters music. Hmm. It's fun to fun to strum on the guitar. Yeah. You know Sounds saying? like you got a lot of free time on your hand there. I don't. It's shocking. I squeeze it in <laughs> to pockets. I live and die in pockets of time. You have no idea. <laughs> well, speaking of years going by, uh, tomorrow's Nona's birthday. Oh, well, to the day this comes out, Nona's birthday. Happy birthday, Hey, Nona. right on. Looking younger every year, and I'm not just saying that. She literally looks younger than our dad. It's the craziest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> 17 years apart, 17 years apart, one guy's rapidly aging, the other lady is DS, de-aging <laughs> simultaneously. But, but even his brother, our uncle, looks great for his age. Looks fucking great for his age. Still looks older than his mom. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's really uh, crazy. It ha- has a lot to do, in my opinion, with the fact that she grew to, into being a woman Living in the old country on the farm, eating basic needs and working in the sun, that is like the healthiest way to grow and live. Not to mention, dude, she'll like, she, you know, she, uh, she'll come home with groceries, she'll go to make dinner, she'll cut open a potato, there'll be like a ring inside it. She'll be like, no, this is GMO. Puts it in the back, we'll return it to the store. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest, it's such a bold and awesome move that... <laughs> rarely do I see take place anywhere. And I myself, I'm going to be honest, I don't think I have the courage to go back with produce and return it to the grocery <laughs> store. No, and then she'll even tell me how she like gave them a piece of her mind. <laughs> oh, you know it? Yeah, man. Like, like, it's just, like it's the kid in Jewel that decided to buy this Chinese GMO potato. <laughs> M&I, we are organic now. We have gone down the road. It is so much more expensive, so we are a little bit tighter on what we buy and what we waste. However, mm. the reason we went down that route is I've been, I was paying attention to a lot of the various stuff going on. I know there's all the GMO stuff and whatever, and I was kind of getting bothered by the fact that like every potato I get is either from Bill Gates' malaria mosquito farm or it's from like Chile. You know, or some like country, you know, like I was cutting into an onion. It said South Africa. South. All the way from South Africa. South Africa, bro, on the sticker. I had enough. I said, no thanks, no more. I could, I could handle South America, right? Actually, that should be, that should cost more because the way South Africa turned. I bet you it was the white hands that picked that fruit. I know, but those are the <laughs> slaves now there. It's backwards, man. It's crazy. Yeah, the, the whites are oppressed now in South Africa. They're the ones working the fields. It's really it's wild. Crazy. Did you see, uh, <laughs> I read, I think it was in Democracy Now! Today, they did a little snippet on how a couple of the countries, Ghana included, or it was hosted in Ghana, these African countries have a coalition now, and they're demanding reparations from the European and American countries uh, for slavery, even though it doesn't uh, really what? make sense because it's their people who started the slavery. Uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, oh, I just got br- breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. Uh, four countries in Africa just experienced a coup. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey Yeah, man. <laughs> their leader was assassinated, and there was a coup. There was coup. You see, uh, the FBI director Christopher Wray is just pointing at a like a list of seventeen countries, and he says, "Ghana, <laughs> you wanna, you wanna be added to this list?" 
Because it could be very easy to add you to this list. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, 17 coup d'etats have taken place in Africa over the last year. It's insane. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because they announced they were going to go on their own gold back standard, and all of a sudden we snuck in our little CIA agents in there and said, we will just destabilize all of you. Like, could you imagine they're all sitting there, there's like 17 leaders that are about to sign this document, and after the last guy signs it, one guy in D.C. just says into a microphone, they signed it, and then all 17 drop. (laughs) It literally was almost that fast. I think it was over the course of four months, like nine of the coups happened. So many coups. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. And I I dig it because I just like saying the word coup d'etat. Well, we established that. Three quarters, folks. We are three quarters (laughs) out of the the French. That's all I got to say. You know? But, dude, no, you know what it is with Nova, man? It is. It, it's really hard to be an American who wants to eat organic, right? Because I'm going to go to the store, I'm going to spend fucking $4 a pound on these goddamn apples, and then in five days they're spoiled, I got to throw the rest of them out, you know? Sure, but, yeah. But, you know, she buys apples, they taste great, after a couple weeks they don't look too good, what happens, you come home one day, there's just six jars of applesauce. Perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Or there's like an apple cake. You know, it's like you sustain, baby. Oh, yeah. That's how you do it, you know? Well, we switched organic because we were, you know, shopping through the store. And here at the King Supers, um, you know, they try to do some local stuff, I guess. I, I used to not really believe it, but we were going through the onion section. And I wanted to avoid the West African onions or whatever I was getting. And so I looked in the organic, and the onion, the onion we bought is from Plattsville, Colorado. And I thought, oh, you know what? Should I buy the Colorado onion or the African onion? Which onion would I more enjoy eating and which is probably better for me? I went with the Colorado onion. Probably tastes better. It tasted fantastic. When I cut into it, uh, you know, I had the tears rolling down the face and everything. Oh, man. juicy. Yeah, oh, dude, that good. onion from Africa was probably picked last year. That's the point. What I'm trying to make is yeah. there's no taste in these items. For You know, the globalization, you know, experiment, kind of a farce kind of blew up in our face because we used to eat local that used to be the thing and then we'd export our awesome local stuff now we're just pulling in crap from other countries that's picked when it's not even fresh it's actually really funny because we didn't even realize but we kind of grew up like we grew up as if we lived in a world where there wasn't a globalization of fruit and produce because that's right if it was like if it was like not orange season our parents wouldn't buy oranges that's right yeah you know what i mean and i always thought that was so ridiculous we also grew up going to farms and picking fruit off the trees. But you know, did you? You know, other kids—they just had an orange in their house all year round. That's know? right, dude. We called and them rich like... kids. Actually, those are the rich kids. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I'm actually all on now that I'm a little older and I actually appreciate the taste and everything. I'm no, dude. It's better to just have an orange when it's orange season and they taste fucking good. You know what I mean? I'd rather just have a good orange for two months out of the year than have shitty oranges all year round. Absolutely. Yeah, you know man. I mean? Yeah, dude. And, and can yeah. I get some goddamn seeds in my fruit? I know my fruit is supposed to have seeds. Well, that's why <laughs> you know? I think that's why everything tastes shitty because the seed being in there is key to there being flavor. And, you know, there's a big kind of conspiracy out there about why they've de-seeded everything. Uh, you know, allegedly, according to elements of the Bible and, you know, biblical text, there's stuff about how God created these, the fruits and the seeds for man to eat all of it. 
And the reason everyone is so sick is because we're no longer consuming seeds anymore. It could be. I know why they did it, though. They did it so you can't grow the fruit. They don't want you to grow your own shit. That's exactly why, dude. Like, literally, Monsanto said, if you grow their food, they'll they'll sue you. So, did you see how they're essentially phasing out tobacco in, I believe, the UK? They're signing into a law where once you... They're going to mark a date. And it's some arbitrary date, but it'll be the point where if you were born after that point you will never be allowed to buy tobacco. Yeah, because they're going to keep raising the age. They're going to keep raising the age, exactly. No, dude, I've told you, this is why I know know we both smoke weed, and we're all like, yeah, bro, free weed, legalization, right on, bro! No, dude, this is, I firmly believe this is their plan. Don't smoke cigarettes. You know who smokes cigarettes? The hardest working guys at work. That's right. <laughs> they, they, yes. You know, they bust their ass for 45 minutes and then they go take their smoke. And you break. rip a cig. So, <laughs> what they want is all these mellowed out stoners that just, I don't know, man, what's that? War in, war in Gaza? I just want everybody to be peaceful, you know? And like, <laughs> they just want everybody to be stoned. And like, what did that one guy say? Like, it's literally, they just, they keep us, they keep giving us just enough. Yes. Yeah. To keep to us subdued. Not Take away their power. <laughs> Absolutely. That's their only goal. I, I kind of like where you're headed there mentally. I've been also thinking, you know, the weed is out there. to, to The weed now is not the weed our, the folks were smoking in the 60s and the 70s, man. I mean, we're smoking high, powerful uh, drugs, essentially. I mean, the THC oh, yeah. levels in some of this stuff. Check out some of these edibles, man. They knock you out. It's insane. Oh, the other day I finally realized where I was. I came to, and these crackheads were asking me if I was okay. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I was smoking that wax. You I think know? you had too much, man. Uh, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was shitting on the side of the road. I don't know what happened. <laughs> no, dude, but it's terrible. I, what I, one of the things I was thinking about the other day is like, you know, uh, it shouldn't be easy to get weed, right? It should be one of those things where like there is an obstacle to getting it. Because then, you know, if if you're not good at operating on it, you know, and it kind of just is bad, you know what I mean? Like, some guys just can't do anything when they're high. Yeah, for sure, so, you know. So if you had to, like, go out of your way to get the weed, and you're just going to be, like, a lazy bum, I don't know, mm. I just think you... Well, I support growing it. I think if you can grow it, you should be able to smoke it. Nah, no, I don't think we should legalize it at all. I'm not talking about legal. I'm just saying if you can find some seeds and grow your own pot, you should be able to grow your own pot. And the same thing with this tobacco getting illegalized. I think uh, people should start growing their own wacky tobacco. I mean, no, I grow the wacky tobacco. We got to start growing the tobacco tobacco. Hard to grow, I think. You need, like, an actual farm. Yeah. You just need space. No, I was wondering, like, you know, we figured out how to grow pot indoors. There must be a way with some UV lights and everything that you could grow a little patch of your own tobacco in an indoor herb garden and just be able to dry out and smoke your own tobacco. Yeah, you're right. And I kind of want to do it, honestly. And I w- if you do some research behind tobacco versus marijuana, natural tobacco actually has a lot of health benefits for you. <laughs> okay. It's actually okay. got a lot of good stuff All for right. you. I'm telling you. Uh, I'm going to have to push back out of that. I said natural tobacco. Listen. Not the stuff listen. that they uh, okay. sell. In, uh, okay. It has. Natural tobacco. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Natural tobacco has nicotine. Nicotine is like any other drug. Does have benefits, does have a lot of harm. Any benefits you get from even net homegrown tobacco, whatever, any benefits you get is negated by the combustion of organic material that you are inhaling. That is the carcinogen. All right. Well, uh, you could say that. <laughs> Did you look it up? Did you look it up? I don't even need to look it up. I, 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 I understand what you're saying. It's the same thing with marijuana. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, it's so good. Okay. Okay. If you're extracting the active ingredients in the weed and then you're taking some fucking like little dab of an oil, uh, not a dab, like a dab dab, but like, you know, you're, you're dropping oil into your, you know, under your tongue. Like, that's one thing. But anytime you are igniting organic material, the smoke coming off of it has way more carcinogens. It's way more harmful to you than any benefit you might get. There's a reason no pharmaceutical company is giving you something to smoke. Yeah, so I wasn't like, saying it's healthy for you as in physically healthy. I was saying there are be- positive benefits uh, mentally, it's stimulating. Tobacco has a lot of just positive elements to it when awesome. inhaled. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not talking about health, dude. I'm a runner. All right, number one, like I would never be like, hey, dude, smoke this tobacco and then go run with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know, I, but you're talking about okay, maybe a little bit of a stimulation and like maybe a slight increase in certain like, uh, in certain things. Just take a look. Take a look but man, on the old. It's so bad for you to smoke anything. It's so bad to smoke anything. I'm not debating that, man. I'm just talking about, you know, I like to get high. I don't smoke weed because I think it's healthy for my lungs. I smoke weed because I like to get high. And I with know, tobacco, it's like this crazy thing. It, no, it's just like abortion. Even let me finish. Hate, like, you could let me finish. I hate you could let me finish. That's what I. Oh, <laughs> you could. You could. Or not. I know. There's a delay, so I couldn't tell if you were. It like skipped. I didn't know could, if you were done. Could let me finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. But if you don't want to be high all the time, and you would like to smoke something recreationally, which I, don't, I think is fine. I think we're adults, and we should be allowed to do what we want to our bodies. Uh, and you don't want to be a, a, in a stupor and zombified from our 98% THC pot, but you do want to smoke some stuff. The cigarettes that they sell are filled with rat poison and shit because these corporations want to kill us. But if you were to grow your own natural tobacco and pipe, you know, put it in a little pipe, take a puff of some tobacco to take a break from your hard day's work, I think that right there would be fine. It wouldn't be healthy for you physically, but you would probably be able to take a break, relax, and stimulate your mind a little bit. Get the blood pumping, you know, maybe like get some thoughts rolling in there. And that's why... I've heard and read about how, you know, tobacco is actually a really good thing to do as opposed to smoking cigs like, uh, you know, menthol cigarettes or, you know, that's why cigars are supposedly much better for you mentally and why a lot of rich people, you know, wealthy intellectuals, they like to smoke cigars and have a little cognac. It's about the, the brain stimulation and, you know, the mental processing. Yeah, I disagree. It should all be illegal. Tobacco, weed, all of it. So, folks, Mike became a square overnight. I don't know if anyone <laughs> knows this. Uh, he apparently is against everything now. Uh, that's cool. That's his game. Not for me. <laughs> I'm actually a Quaker. I don't know. You know I'm this. pro all things. Mike's against all things. So, welcome to our pro against show. Where, I think uh, we've just proven over and over again that left to our own devices, we're terrible people. We make terrible decisions. Look how fat, lazy, and stoned everybody is walking around Chicago. 
get, get out of here, man. We ruined our society by just allowing everybody to give in to their mm. all all urges. on man and i couldn't agree more we have descended into quite a bit of madness culturally and uh hopefully there's a way back i don't know if there is but maybe if we got rid of the cell phones but either way we gotta wait till hamas takes over personally you know well i'm personally kind of a glass half full man myself and uh i like to look at the bright side of things and Yes, we do have a lot of stoned, lazy people who probably, when presented with an intense situation, wouldn't even know what was going on, let alone be able to react or do anything positive, which is why this story of the Houston hero really got me, uh, and I thought, hero. what's that? Yeah, it's a good one. All right, finally. We're, hey, folks, we agree. All right. Can I add something to what you were saying, though, real quick? I just saw this thing at one of these intersections. It's this new thing they're trying out. They're putting a strip of LED light. So, like, you know, like, when you walk off the street onto the sidewalk, there's, like, a like a little two-foot area where they it's, like, off-colored, and they have, like, nubs for grips? Yes. Yeah, I have seen those, actually. We have them because of the ice and everything, you know, in the wintertime. Oh, yeah, that makes, that so makes sense. Keeps you from slipping and everything. <laughs> right. Helps, like, the wheelchairs, I guess. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. My point is, we have these, like, rectangles with, like, an off color from the cement. It's got little nubs, and it's for traction. And uh, now what they're trying at these some of these intersections, obviously the white neighborhoods, they're putting a strip of <laughs> LED lights before it so that when you're walking on your cell phone... Wow! You'll you'll see either a green light or a red light. No, no, we need to start issuing... <laughs> we, need, we need cops. We need cops walking the beat, issuing tickets to people on their phones while walking. <laughs> no, no, if you're about to walk in front of the st- into the street without looking, That's the cop dark. should just hit you in the face Darwin. with his baton. <laughs> that should be your wake-up call. Hit to the face with a fucking baton. Dude, did I tell you about the fucking... Did I tell you about the immigrant in Home Depot that ran into my van? Uh, like, walking? Or, uh, what are we talking about here? Driving or walking? walking around (laughs) the parking lot. So, there's just a mob of immigrants at every Home Depot I believe they're migrants, and yes, they're doing that here in Denver. Uh, they're just camping out, essentially, around Home Depot. So, I'm trying to find a parking spot, and this guy is wandering literally back and forth on his phone, and... I didn't even realize it. He takes this sharp left as I'm passing him, and my mirror hits him. All right. And mirror, <laughs> mirror broken? He looks, he looks at me like, like what are you going to do? What are we going to do here? What do you, if anything, you need to pay for my fucking mirror. Well, no, in his country, you get out and brawl, and somebody machetes the other guy, and everybody goes their separate ways. Frank, they are not sending the men like they used to. These fucking f***ers. I don't know where they are coming. They are such pussies. These are not the fucking immigrants we used to work with, man. I'm telling you. Uh, The Mexicans in our day, man, were men. You know what? They were Mexican. Those are real men. I don't know where these guys are coming from. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen this. It's all over the the Twitter sphere. That X, formerly known as Twitter, they are... 
showing a lot of images of these fellas coming over through the border with like UN IDs and they're like part of the UN army. Oh, that's not good. People are claiming that, you know, allegedly that we may be under some sort of invasion actually by the UN army. We might need a couple more Houston heroes. We need some Houston <laughs> heroes, folks. Did you see this story? I thought it was fantastic. I felt like you, this was, it reminded me of you, honestly. If this is the one I'm thinking of, yeah, but there's been a couple in the news lately. Probably all from Houston. Texas might be the last place we have patriotic Americans. Uh, so, here we go, Houston hero. As Officer John Gibson sat bleeding on this Houston highway, a barrage of bullets soared through the air around him. Come on! An unlikely hero springing into action, bystander John Lolly dragging the injured 29-year-old behind his truck and out of the line of fire. And I saw him get shot, and I, could, I knew he got shot because he, like, buckled to the ground, and then he tried to stand back up, and then he buckled again. Look at me. Lolly comforting Officer Gibson, who was shot in the leg during the exchange of fire with a suspected carjacker. The video is crazy. The guy is literally running forward, and you see the cops running with their guns, and you just hear bullets flying. It's And to not have a gun <laughs> and stay and do anything in a gunfight is... Woo. Oh, man. The I... balls. <laughs> My hair is standing on end right now, dude. I'm literally got chills. It's incredible. Dude. Can we get a tailor to custom make pants for this guy? His <laughs> balls don't fit. Yeah, we need something to cup those watermelons between his legs. Hey, I'm still here with you, buddy. You hear me? Yeah. What's your name? John. My name's John, too. I said, I want to let you know. Hey, John, are you looking for a job? Be a because uh, <clears throat> we can really use you in Uvalde. Oh, my God, man. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, when bullets fly, you run in. I like it. What is like the, the person? your jib there. I was, the reason why I like this and I thought of you immediately is what, like, what do you think the percentage is of people that run into the fire versus away? Uh, it's so low. And everybody wants to think they're going to do what this guy does. But the problem is once the bullets start flying, it's, it, you can't think. Most people, they just react. Even this guy, it was probably more of a reaction than anything he's actually saying he thought. That's what I'm you know thinking. What I mean? He just gut reacted and blacked out and just did what he did because he just instinctually knew that was what he had to do. Is he a veteran? They go, no, I think he's just a criminal. <laughs> oh, he's just a criminal. Yeah, okay. No, this, oh, same thing. Same, same. We all fight our own battles. Well, know? the reason I like this is because how they describe this dude later on. Okay, the officer already put a tourniquet on your leg. I knew he was going through pain. And I know when you're going through that type of pain, like just somebody talking to you and being there with you and like holding your hand is probably going to take your mind off a lot of that stuff. And I know this oh, is an audio so podcast, so just so you know. This guy looks like the last guy you would want if you're like, you know, it, you know Dude, what I mean? Yeah, he's overweight, slobbish looking. Um, he, yeah, neck beard. Like he most had the whole people thing. would cross the street if they saw him walking the other way on the sidewalk. Yes. And, and look at this guy. You, you normally would not give this man the time of day. Ah, uh, and he just sat there. Yeah, you know, the empathy and the, you know. Well, to go into the firefight and drag this dude's body out of it 
while he's bleeding and then hold him there and be with it's just mind-blowing to me who was wanted for multiple carjackings and aggravated robbery oh i i can't tell hold on one <coughs> excuse me i think, I think they're talking about I think they're talking about the guy they're shooting at, I hope. I, I can't remember, but the other guy's a criminal, too, I believe. <laughs> I thought we were dealing with an I'm Armageddon situation. Who was you know, the guys, they'll do the task, but you gotta clear the record. No, no, they're, uh, they're going after this dude. It, the reason also I'm obsessed with this story, too, is... We've spent two and a half years defunding the police. And everybody marching with... We just had a riot go down in Cop City. Uh, the other day where the cops had to just like bulldoze through leftists and Antifa, you know, protesting that dude, uh, Gutierrez Tortuga guy, remember that we covered <laughs> who got shot protesting, you know, like they're, they're at it again. Like everybody hates the cops so much. But like, what the fuck are you going to do if you're stopped on the highway and some maniac who just stole a car is just blasting through with a gun? Yeah, seriously. You're gonna, ah, yes. you're gonna call the cops, man. You're gonna, you're like, I'm just saying, it's just such an insane scenario. Can we at least for one moment respect the cops here? I mean, the video footage is nuts, dude. These cops have their guns out and they are running into the fire. I know. Nobody wants that job at that point, you know? No, because, and think about it in the back of all these guys' minds is I have to take this guy out. And when I do, I'll be sitting in the next cell right next to Derek Chauvin. I know. Could you imagine? So how do you go through the training and your mindset and the psychology of knowing that, like, you have to stop this man from murdering others, but once you stop him, you will probably be thrown in prison and the entire country will hate you? Think about how many of those Derek Chauvin went through. <laughs> Now he's rotting away in prison. It's crazy to me. I, I really thought a lot about all the cop hate, Derek Chauvin, the glorification and, and sanctification of George Floyd, and how we ruined the life of Kyle Rittenhouse. You know, like, it's just so crazy what all unfolded. Ruined? Oh, I wish they did that to me. Jesus Christ, that guy's walking away with millions. I know, I think he's in, like, a, a curtain, like, battle with Whoopi Goldberg. some. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope he gets the best of Whoopi. I hope he takes everything, including the weave. <laughs> the fucking fake dreads out of here. All right, well, I think we know what happened. Uh, I don't have much more of the clip anyways, but uh, this guy, he um, helped the cop get uh, saved, and uh, the dude died. <clears throat> the criminal. He died in the shootout. In the shootout, yeah. So I'm glad the hero story is getting more hype nationally than... The dude who uh, got killed by these cops, I, I'm sure there should have been or could have been some sort of BLM Antifa reaction to this, but instead we're going to celebrate the hero. Yeah, because it's Texas. I know. New York, I'm sure they'd find a way to prosecute him. I just, Daniel Penny, where are my Daniel Pennies oh, at out there, man? Oh, beloved Michael Jackson impersonator. <laughs> Well, yo, uh, since we're talking about cops and how much everybody hates them. That's right, man. I don't know if you know this, but uh, we have a serious problem with our cops in Chicago. <laughs> What's going on with your cops in Chicago? Oh, uh, man, it's not good. <laughs> I, I really hope you are ready for this one. I, I feel it like it's going to be a good one. 
Data presented during today's city council meeting from Free to Move, a coalition advocating for a more racially equitable system of traffic safety, shows black drivers in Chicago were six times more likely to get pulled over. The study analyzed over 4.6 million stops over 19 years in the city. It's uh, kind of predictable to be a black driver and be pulled over regardless of what community that you're in. However, Fraternal Order of Police President John Catanzara tells ABC7 traffic stops happen in the highest crime neighborhoods. And while people think there's racial disparity, he says... Which happened to be black. <laughs> the cop is black? No. All, they're, they're saying they pull more people over in the bad neighborhood. For sure. And in Chicago, it just so happens our bad neighborhoods are the black neighborhoods. It's the same here in Denver. We have five points. Everybody knows that. Yeah, it's just, it's just, <laughs> you got to hear this. This is the best part. Wait till you hear the white savior. It's about taking down criminals. Others disagree. I think I saw 1.9% related to DUI or reckless driving. Certainly, I find it hard to believe that black and Latinx drivers are so uh, far out of compliance. Free-to-move data shows less than 1% of traffic stops in 2021 resulted in the recovery of things like drugs, alcohol, or weapons. It's a big part of their three main solutions they're pushing, including stopping pretextual stops, or stops where the intention is to conduct a suspicious investigation so black drivers can avoid unnecessary experiences. We want them to feel that they can trust the police officers in their community. Jazz and Minor, ABC7 Eyewitness News. We... He reached out to the Chicago Police Department for comment tonight, but have not heard back yet. <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite. I love those little caveats. Yes. Oh, the CPD is not responding to this one. Oh, Dude, did yeah. you hear that? So part of their three-phase plan to fix Chicago, they're just not going to pull over people for suspicion. I was thinking, I literally wrote down here, stop and frisk. Wasn't that, um, didn't we How do they that? save New York? Stop and frisk, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, that's how we lowered the crime rate in the 90s. I don't know why it just popped in my head, and it's funny because it is an extreme method of policing. However, when crime has gotten so bad, come on, man. Maybe you just need to profile, stop, and frisk. Yeah. I mean... I don't, dude, I've even talked about it on here all the time, how you go into these neighborhoods and nobody's following any traffic laws. I mean, they're making it sound like everybody's driving five over the speed limit and then they pull over the one black guy in the row of cars. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's, I'm in this neighborhood. I might be the only white guy in the line of cars. We're all stopped at the red light. And then this black gentleman in probably a stolen car goes racing by on the sidewalk. Oh, wow, that, really? I've never seen the, that one before. That's hilarious. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, that's the guy they pull over. <laughs> like, it's, that's what I mean. You could even blow red lights and shit. Dude, just today, this guy stopped at a yellow like a f I went into the left turn lane and then drove through the intersection on the red. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, come on. Nobody cares about that shit. You got to literally drive on the fucking <laughs> sidewalk. You have to almost take out pedestrians. Before they pull you over. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, you could get away with that now? It's amazing. What? Just driving on the sidewalk? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, sidewalk's a little rough. But, so they did this fucking whole thing in Chicago where they, they reduced all the lanes so they could put this stupid bike lane. 
So now you have a parking lane Same and then a yes. bike lane. Dude, I've noticed this all over Denver. Now we have two lanes going opposite ways when we could have four lanes total. Four. Because we and have, a parking lane. Because Well, here in Denver, I've, I've forgiven the no parking, right? Let, let's just say no parking. We could literally have four lanes total, two on each side, but instead you have the you have the space to the curb, the bike lane, and then this second space with lines on it so the cars, I guess, don't hit the bikers. Yeah, that's what, so what they do is you have your, your, <clears throat> your driving lane and then your parking lane, and then in between the parked cars and the sidewalk is the bike lane. Den- I, I say this every oh, day on the road with Emma. Denver needs to elect a Republican who runs on the single platform of I'm going to pave and paint over all bike lanes across Colorado. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, let's make Chicago move. Somebody run on the slogan, make Chicago fucking wow. move. I just... Can we move? No, but my point is, so now a lot of guys, what they'll do is you're, you're kind of riding two wheels on the sidewalk and the other two in the bike lane. That's right. Yes. So, you know, on the sidewalk, uh, you know, it's a gray area. Right. But my whole my whole point is my whole point is they're they're also going to ban all right turns on red. I know, I know. I, I, <laughs> so it's like you guys can't even enforce like well, simple no, it's traffic not that. laws. I I I feel like we've been discussing this a lot over the last year. The more you commute throughout these major cities, the Democrat run. Well, I guess they're all Democrat cities. The, the you know as you commute through them you really get this sense of there are more rules being in place uh as time goes on to make this less functional less efficient it seems Absolutely. as if they're they're purposely making this hurt the pain is is the point almost like they don't want you driving yeah no, yeah that's I don't know if it's that they don't want you driving. They don't want you driving, man. They want to take away our cars, and they don't want us cruising in our gas guzzlers, man. I'm telling you, the more I, the more I take a look at how Denver is operating and being designed, all I can see is you guys are just making it so hard to drive a car here that you just oh, you're, dude, you're yes. purposely making it impossible. And I gotta tell you, man. I know I harp on this. Dude, today I saved myself at least 20 minutes. and Because I, I had the GPS on, you know what I mean? It kept trying to get me to sit in traffic to wait so that I could get on the highway. To sit <laughs> in traffic. Oh, yeah. And I'm not even joking, dude. I went almost the whole way home. And then it, it told me to turn right on Harlem. And I was like, all right, man, I'm all the way out here. I'm close. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll start listening to it. As soon as I turned right, gl- gridlock. I That's literally right, turned man. right. I didn't even stop. I just did a U-turn. It's almost, almost Truman. Still That's a Truman Show scenario, dude. Like all the cars just arrive joking. at one time, man. I'm not even joking, dude. And then the minute I did the U-turn and went back on the road I was on, the GPS rerouted and took four minutes off my travel time. Wow. Like, why? Why? Well, I've had this uh, theory going for a long time. I, Emma thinks I'm nuts, and I am, but I'm a tinfoil hat fella, so... I think it all kind of works together, but uh, I believe that there are provocateurs on the road. There are agents who are out there to disrupt the flow of traffic purposely to just mess with the psychology of humanity in the major cities, and 
I believe I've pinpointed who do who are the perpetrators of this, which are the they are unmarked white work trucks. And they are pickup trucks, and they're cruising in the left lane way too slow, clogging up the traffic on purpose, creating havoc. I swear to God. Oh, I've you guys got Pollocks out there, too? Yeah, they're Pollocks. How'd you know that? <laughs> Damn Pollocks. Uh, yeah, you can tell by the giant fucking pumpkin head that you can see through the rear uh, not, uh, window. Now they're all Ukrainian, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude. The Polish don't want to come to America anymore, dude. They're sticking in Poland. I would rather be a Pole in Poland than any other country in the world. so funny that you said that i was literally looking up the other day i was i was literally thinking where can i move i mean we've become a country i'm not even proud of anymore i don't know if america will bounce back from this moral decay yeah we we, yeah i the rot is in the core we must jump ship before it's too late i'm also looking at citizenship in our uh, home countries that we're from (laughs) i literally told this other guy this this guy the other day like you're literally like you're you're crying and you're so you're so you're so upset about hum, about Palestine, right? The Palestinians. Do you think the Palestinians would be waving an American flag and and saying ceasefire if we were invaded by Mexico? <laughs> and, and they were just, you know what I mean? And they were just killing us. No, they would be cheering. They'd yeah. be sh- shooting off fireworks, just like they did on 9-11. Oh, you're psycho, bro. I was just going to say, show anyone images or video of the celebrations throughout the Muslim world on 9-12. 3,000 <laughs> no, 3, dead Americans, innocent Americans, was the highlight of their year. That's right, man. <laughs> they all loved it. It was great. It was a celebratory event. Little did they know we would bring upon them shock and awe. <laughs> Losers. And I was part of the greatest thing ever. George Bush's troop surge. <laughs> the troop remember surge. the troop surge? Oh, I remember the troop surge, man. I was, I will, you know, I was a an impressionable young man during the time of 9-11 and the invasion of Iraq, and I was very much so against the invasion of Iraq. I believed I, the Iraqis had nothing to do with 9-11, and I thought it was a grab for land and oil, and now I'm older, I'm smarter, I'm, you know, a little bit more informed, I, I understand a lot of things historically and on a, a grander scale. And I could see clearly that the reason we invaded Iraq was so Hillary Clinton could get to the tomb of Gilgamesh and capture <laughs> the Stargate to travel to the other dimensions and, and become one with the demon soul. <laughs> all, I, uh, all I gotta know is Kurt Russell in this one too? Or? Starcade, and we know. could only get James Spader, unfortunately. He was the only one willing to return. Obviously, he hasn't done anything since that stupid movie. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's really the guy. I just assume that's the f- with the glasses. <laughs> it is. How'd you know? Yeah, yeah. I can tell by your name, buddy. <laughs> Pretty on point. Spader. Yeah, you could just see it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. 
Uh, uh, we got I, I, well, I almost passed out with that one, dude. The I like, ran out of breath. That was incredible. I like that the Gilgamesh theory. That's my good, favorite, uh, man. It's the whole reason we went into. See, I, I'm I'm totally. I disagree. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I I don't think Hillary was the true evil. I think it was Pfizer all along and the pharmaceuticals. I think we invaded those countries to take over opium fields so that we could supply the uh, opium epidemic. Absolutely. Opioid epidemic. Yeah, and you know, I never read the book Scanner Darkly by Philip K. Dick. I, and I'm a fan of the Philip K. Dick. I've read several of his... His name is Phil Dick? D- Philip. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to go by Philip. So uh, government papers, he's Dick Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a dick, Dick Phil. Come on, guys, I need my Dick Phil. <laughs> Philip K. Dick wrote uh, the story, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which was made into the movie Blade Runner. Ooh, great movie. And a great novel. And a quick read for anyone who has the time and the interest. Uh, he has incredible stuff. He was writing wild sci-fi, man, back in the 50s. It's crazy. Stuff that blows your mind. Uh, and, and now I forgot uh, how I got onto the Philip K. Dick. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> oh, Scanner Darkly. And so Scanner Darkly, uh, to point uh, in your direction with the pharmaceutical companies being behind our uh, engaged wars there over the last 20 years in the Middle East, especially Afghanistan with the poppy fields and the scanner darkly in the movie that came out uh, several years ago with, uh, what was it? Donnie Jr. and Keanu Reeves, I believe is in it. Uh, it's about an undercover cop who goes in and he infiltrates this new drug that's taken over everyone and it takes place in this future scenario. And then it turns out it's like this, the government runs this giant like poppy field essentially like in some ancient or some outside territory. And uh, that's, you know, I, I, th- I think that's based on reality. I think that's the truth of our world, you know, that that war more likely than not was designed to get us into Afghanistan and have control of those poppy fields. For sure. I think it was a combination of just, I mean, no matter what, no matter how you cut it up, we invaded those countries for the resources. And I like how you said, cut it up with pills. You know, that's good. That's a good (laughs) line, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's good times. But, you know, Frank, uh, before we run out of time here, there's one war I really got to talk about. And what is that, my man? And it's really funny because we, uh, we were talking about it on Sunday at the Sunday breakfast. Oh, yeah. And so I got to know what you have. What is going on with Starbucks? <laughs> hey <laughs> I haven't had Starbucks, I thought about it this morning when I clipped this in maybe over a year. I was on vacation somewhere, I think, and... We got some Starbucks on the fly, and I'm going to lead into Starbucks. Thousands of Starbucks workers who are set oh, to strike oh, at 100 Oh, Frank, she oh, told me to put in my four-point harness. Su- man, Jesus Christ. I sucked right into that speaker. People, we are talking G-Force wins <laughs> here, all right? We need you to strap it in. I'm sorry. I forgot to warn you. I forgot myself. I thought hurricane season was over. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite line from Jay Franco. (laughs) (laughs) 
Speaking of which, dude, hurricane season's over. We had one hurricane that they tried to blow way out of proportion, and then the the not hurricane that never came in California. Not only that, they're trying to make it rain and snow so hard here in Denver. They're flying the chemtrails like you would not believe more than I've ever seen. But it, we just have oh. this. Oh, Jerry's Polis <clears throat> is going roof to roof, just holding the hose. He literally. <laughs> Jerry, Jared's in a rough spot, dude. He lost his proposition HH. He's in a bad way. He's got to call an emergency session. He's not happy. But uh, they're flying the chemtrails, but it's just not doing the, the job. And I think the reason is, is I don't think they can tap into the cold atmosphere that we had last year, create all that weather. I believe because of the El Nino this year, we have a massive, like, just beast of warm weather flowing through here and they you know they they just can't work with it can't win them all jerry sorry guys we'll get them (laughs) we'll get them next year in la nina right (laughs) no that doesn't happen no we just had a la nina yeah you don't get la nina it's not like a one for one oh i know i i mean i i don't think is it no, I wasn't serious. Uh, or you know, I actually I don't now know. You got me thinking. <laughs> well, well, now that I think about it, we were in La Nina, and then they were like, "What? Now we switched to El Nino." This came out of nowhere, and they were talking about how it was shocking to them and threw off and, all and their. I'm really mad because I was I was pretty sure it was going to be El Nix. Oh, I do I have to bleep that? What was that? I don't know. <laughs> Is that something against El the Nix, Chinese? El Nix, El Nix. I mean, El Nix and La Nix. How, how do you? Well, no, how do you? Yeah, well, Nina and Nino, how would you do? Just Latinx, yeah, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Latinx and Elnix? <laughs> it took me a but minute. You're still, you're still feminize, <laughs> feminizing or with the la and the l. That's their stuff doesn't make sense. And yeah, how do the gender pronoun nut jobs out there deal with the fact that we were in a La Nina, but now we we're in a El Nino? Right. Like yes. we, I literally have a na- I have neighbors that are married, and it's Francisca and Francisco. Would <laughs> <laughs> just be Francis X <laughs> for both. The corruption of the language is really where the whole movement <laughs> dies. It just doesn't make sense to most people. Pretty much everybody. Yeah. everybody. That sounds like it was made up by a white guy who doesn't understand the language. Yeah. I'm gonna blame all of this. Twenty years from now, because nobody will remember this, I'm just gonna blame everything on uh, Imbrim X Kendi. And I'm just gonna, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna tell everybody it was all Ingram, 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 Ingram. I know that's not even his real name. No, his name's probably like Dave Chester. <laughs> I don't know why that. I don't know who that is, but sorry, Dave. Dave Chesterfield. Oh, it's, it's, his real name is Ibram Henry Rogers. Of course. Well, I was not too far off with Chester. <laughs> you really weren't. Oh, my God, dude. That's crazy. So, so he went from Ibram Henry Rogers. He's like, no, that's not going to work. Now I'm Ibram Exolani Kendi. Man, Hank Rogers is a way cooler name. Oh, you should have gone by Hank. Hank Rogers, man. Oh, he also, yeah, he, really he could be Black Mr. Rogers. He could have been the Black Mr. Rogers. I mean, his name is literally Mr. It's Rogers. It's literally Rogers. <laughs> oh, you fucking fucked up, dude. Like Mr. And Mr. Rogers died. Oh, dude, Mr. Rogers, that's just a wholesome name. Like, why would you go away from wholesome and be X-Kendi? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. 
Although the X is pretty cool. I wish my middle name was an X. I don't know. What's with these power players and the letter X, man? Like, Elon loves X. His kid's name is X. What if Ibram X. Candy now changes it to Ibram Twinder Candy? Oh, you... That would be a power move! <laughs> no, you're psycho. I was just thinking his middle name now is formerly known as Twinder. <laughs> Let you hand that one. Such a better joke. <laughs> Ibram, formerly known as Twitter, <laughs> Twitter. Kendi. <laughs> Soon to be Ibram, formerly known as Intellectual Kendi. <laughs> yeah, he's getting destroyed right now. I haven't really read up on it, but oh man. Oh, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, those Starbucks. Uh, <laughs> Let's do it because it's really retarded. I know you'll love it. Here we go. Thousands of Starbucks workers who are set to strike at hundreds of stores across. We got from his his airflow through his so teeth funny. gap to Ibram, <laughs> to Ibram, formerly known as Twitter, Kendi. That was an amazing yes. stretch right there. No, no, we have played clips of Michael Strahan a million times. We still get 10 minutes just on this <laughs> Just out of teeth. The country with Johnson. Doesn't matter what the story is. Location with more on what's being called <laughs> the Red Cup Rebellion. Good morning, Wit. Hey, Michael. Good morning to you. It's expected to be the biggest strike ever for unionized Starbucks baristas. That Red Cup Rebellion you mentioned is planned for tomorrow. Didn't you guys Red just Cup become a Day. union yesterday? No, it never worked. It never happened, dude. You can't unionize this stuff, man. Like, there's like a right up front. This Starbucks, I guarantee you, where these uh kids are protesting there's probably a line of migrants just looking for work yeah no they what they don't understand about a union like there's a reason there's a plumbers union and that's because plumbers can get you can take if you do without the union they can be really taken advantage of where this company is making an insane amount of money and not giving them anything no and the whole point is nobody else can do the job but these plumbers so they deserve fair compensation right <laughs> and so they form a union and then the union says you better pay us this and when the, when the owners say no they say okay we're not gonna work and then guess what nobody can do the plumbing but anybody can make a fucking cup of coffee in fact you could probably get some part-time plumbers in there to learn how to do one of those heart-shaped swirls with the cream <laughs> on the latte and I, I oh, yeah. probably pay Coffee might smell a little different. That's not dirt under our nails. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> That's not chocolate garnish on there, man. Be careful. <laughs> I love when people go to shake my hand like while I'm working. I always, I, like before I shake it, I always tell them, before I shake your hand, that's not dirt on mine. Love it. You should always say... <laughs> Know this, I'm not a baker. <laughs> if I was, that would be flour. Get what I'm saying? When I was a gelato maker, and yes, it's true, I made gelato for a couple years there back in the day, uh, I always smelled like vanilla and chocolate, and I was always just smelling sugary. Mm. Most gay guys do smell like vanilla. Folks, I, I, I don't know if you heard this <laughs> earlier in the show. Three, we're talking three quarters. Three quarters like, out that door. It's funny you say that because, dude, that is like a gay guy thing. They 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 love that vanilla for some reason. Oh, really? The the gay fellas out there, they're into the vanilla flavor. You ever been to like a gay home? Not often. 
<laughs> yeah. You're, like, <laughs> You're going to Lego home with like two gay dudes. All right. I can only speak of Chicago gays in, bu- in Boys North, Town. North side Boys Town. Yeah, yeah, of course. But you know, you walk into the million dollar condo, gays always have so much money. It's crazy. Because two male incomes? No kids, no kids. man. No kids. Uh, yeah. So jealous. But you go in there. It always, they always got like a, a, it's like a vanilla. I forgot what the other one is. Wow. So they, there's another right. one that they always do, yeah. Vanilla? I didn't know that was the thing with the gay fellas. It's a big thing with the gays. We don't hear much about the gay fella community anymore. Actually, congratulations. You guys are practically just white guys. I'm going to say that <laughs> they're so pr- they probably love the tranny movement because now they could just be gay and no one talks about them. Well, no, now they're in the circle with us straight guys talking shit about the trannies. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. the trannies and, like, the the story time hour with the kids, it's so nutty and so insane that the gay fellas, like, that's just, that's the tamest thing in the world. It's normal. And, you know, we got the modern family generation rolling through right now. Yeah, no, so. there's a reason why, like, the left hates the, uh, actually, I think that's one of the reasons they don't talk about gay guys. The left hates the idea that people like us on the right have no problem with guys like Dave Rubin. Yeah, we love Dave Rubin. <laughs> I love Dave Rubin, yes. dude. He's cultured, you know? he's smart. Like, Oh, that's husband's... not fair because Dave's not gay. But I also like his husband, who is gay. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he says that. <laughs> I know. And his husband's like a renowned chef. Like, you know, they're, they're awesome But tell dudes. me one person you've heard <laughs> talk shit about Dave Rubin. About you know what I mean? Nobody has a problem with two guys that love each other. They get married. They you know they had their kids. However they did it with the whatever. Uh, That's funny. Nobody does talk shit about Dave Rubin because he's a sensible, practical, pragmatic guy. You know, and he speaks a lot of logic and sense. And he also, what I really respect about him mostly is he's a lot like many people who took that red pill during 2020. He used to be very vocally on the left and then he admitted he was wrong and had a very you know warped sense of reality and changed his opinion and is now a great spokesperson on the right side actually you could literally just swap out dave rubin for frank or mike we both had the same experience yes absolutely and that's why the fact that he's gay never even comes up. We don't even care. We just like the guy. I like what he has to say. You know what I mean? Well, the, and, him... and I respect the fact that he's gay. You know, you know, but I guarantee you, the minute he puts on a fucking rainbow thong and goes parading <laughs> up and down Michigan Avenue, everybody on the right is going to be like, what the hell is wrong with that guy? You know? What's interesting about this is I wish people on the other side of the aisle with this culture war and the BLT sandwich community, I wish they would understand guys like Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin being gay is actually the least interesting part about Dave Rubin. Oh, that's what I always say about everybody. Yes, yes. That is the biggest problem with the LGBTQ movement. You guys are defining yourself based off of the least interesting thing about you. Yes. Wow me with your intellect. Yeah. Or your person yeah. or your personality, your humor. I mean th- there's something. a re- there's a reason uh uh Caitlyn Jenner is so accepted on the right. You know what I mean? I didn't know she was huge on the right. Oh, wait. Not huge, but like nobody you never really hear anybody complaining about oh, Caitlyn Jenner. And no, it, you know, I, I didn't it, know who you were it's talking because about. Because Caitlyn Jenner came out and was like, you know, no, I don't think guys should be reading to kids dressed as women. 
you know? Yeah, and Caitlin's still really stuck close to Bruce. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a fine line. It's a very... Caitlin and Bruce, they're hand in hand there, you know? Like, I mean, she's like three of those makeup removing wipes <laughs> away from Bruce. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, you're right. She, Caitlin, Bruce Jenner didn't go the Dylan Mulvaney route as far as I know. Well, the problem is Dylan Mulvaney was never an Olympian. You were an Olympian, dude. You were a fucking Right, so actually then maybe mm. Dylan Mulvaney has more of kind of like a, an alleyway or a lane towards that being ladylike because Dylan in a in in the version in the man version was already kinda ladylike. Mm. No, but here's the problem they're running into is Dylan, yeah, you can be feminine as a teenager and everything, but you start hitting twenties twenty-seven. <laughs> you're gonna start really looking more like a man. You know what I mean? No matter what you do, your body's gonna start putting on weight like a man. Oh yeah. You know? And That's you're gonna right. start just having that build of a man. It's it was really funny. Just today I was at an intersection. I'm like five, six cars back from the light. Two girls crossing. I'm right by DePaul University. Oh know? yeah. And uh one was obviously a dude trying to be a chick. <laughs> Right, yeah, but, was, but was like so dressed up like a chick. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I'm talking Dolled like tight. Cl- yeah. I'm talking tight clothes, hair, makeup. Oh. This, this this guy was doing it up, trying to be a chick, right? And right behind him was this was this Asian chick, just wearing a hoodie and sweatpants, and her body looked so much better. <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? Like, she just looked like a female, walked like a female. You could just tell the difference, you know. I, on our route with ELO, had uh, dipped into some Roy Orbison, and I was listening to Pretty Woman, and there's a part where he's describing the pretty woman in the song, and he pauses and says, mercy. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's how a man feels when he sees a woman. He just says, Lord, have mercy on my soul. Like, that is just how it feels, man. Dude, it happened to me today, man. I was walking through Home Depot. And they got these chicks at this one. They're all like these Latino girls. I, she was like measuring pipe. I don't know what it was about. <laughs> she, had this, she, she was like measuring these things. I was just like, it was so hot, dude. She like caught me staring. You know, it was like one of those moments where she looked at me and I was like, oh my God. I had to like literally like put my chin up. You know what I mean? Like with my hand. I'm like, man, close that jaw. You are drooling. What is going on here? And do you have a bathroom I could visit really quickly, please? <laughs> I would need about five minutes. <laughs> What's your Wi-Fi password?